1: 18 plus
0: howdy folks happy thursday uh we have a trade we will be discussing that at length uh because it's and if it's not a mega deal it's you know it's a but it's a probably a necessary deal for the maple leafs and we know that uh, everybody enjoys when we talk ad nauseum about the maple leafs so you're gonna get your fill today um but russ let's start with the pre-show
1: so let's go back to the uh the Mookie Betts deal, because there's a funny phenomenon going on with Red Sox fans. They're all, a lot of them are minor birding. The ones who don't really get it, and I don't believe the ones that are saying this get it. They're all like, well, the Red Sox offered him 10 years at $300 million and he turned us down. Okay, that is such a lousy offer for this player, that I, and I'll prove it to you. That would put him seventh in the league in AAV. Seventh. He is better than that. He had four gold gloves. He had 342 years ago. He's almost a two-time MVP. Like, to say that is like saying the same thing to Mike Trout. Again, yesterday I was brought up – somebody – Somebody brought up, well, who could possibly be paid for 12 years, which, again, I don't know if he's asking for 12 years. Right. Who could be paid for that and possibly live out that contract? And I said, I don't know, Wayne Gretzky, Mike Trout. You know, I came up with a bunch of players. I mean, Wayne Gretzky's first contract was 10 years. Yeah. So, I mean, there are players that can live up to that.
0: Well, it's funny because I saw Dan Shaughnessy from uh, the Boston Globe on uh, one of the New York talk shows. And he was talking about uh, the whole the whole deal and the the furor that is going on in Boston. And one of the things is they're afraid that Betts being sort of a slight player, not like a a real big built guy like a trout, is gonna go the way of Andrew McCutcheon. He's gonna be like he's a he's a, at a top-level type player, but he will break down quicker because he's a smaller player. And I mean, maybe there's some truth in that, but the thing is, this was this move was not. This was a this was a calculated move. They were not going to sign him. They were not going to sign him to what he would get in free agency. Players get overpaid in free agency, and mm. they're and and they saw the opportunity to piggyback that that pig of a David Price deal on top of a year of Mookie Betts and getting rid of forty million dollars in payroll. It's simply that, and it's like all this. I mean. The, the the Red Sox, I mean, they've had their run. I'm not saying it's over with because they still have a lot of talent. But this was a this was a cost cutting move. And the and if if, right, if but then
1: don't act as a if, fan. You the team gave him a bona fide offer because
0: they didn't. Right. I mean, right. It's a right. Exactly. It's like it's like seeing the Islander. It's like seeing the uh, the Ottawa Senators gave Eric Carlson a, a bona fide offer. They offered him an eight year max. I think at. I think it was 9000000 million. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was. And, of course, he wasn't going to stay in that clown car of an organization after all the things that had happened to him. He wasn't going to stay working for Eugene Melnick. He wanted out. Uh, they knew he would reject it, and then they could say, oh, well, he rejected it, so we had to make a deal. Oh, great. Okay. Well, that – yeah, but – you didn't. I don't think you were operating, in, you know, in sort of in good faith. And I don't think the Red Sox were either. The Red Sox wanted to move on. They didn't want to pay him. They wanted to get the most value they could. I, I don't know how good Verdugo is going to be or the pitcher they got from Minnesota, but you know, it, the, there obviously is going to be a reset with them. They probably won't get close to the winning the, the, the division. They could still win a wild card, but I don't know. All right, um, so wait.
1: I, I'm going to also attack. Shaughnessy and um, Tony Kornheiser on ESPN, because I like Tony Kornheiser. He does some good things on his show, but they both brought up the five foot nine thing. Okay, let's dispel that for a minute. In the NFL, most defensive backs are five foot nine and 180 pounds. They are. So now, because a center fielder is five foot nine, 180, and he's not Lenny Dykstra, he's not crashing into the wall every five minutes. What makes me believe he's going to break down because of Dustin Pedroia? I mean, that's a different guy, and a position player is way different because you got players sliding into you. Well, Sean Sha- Sha- Garbage Sha- tank, it's a garbage.
0: Sean, Sha- 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 he specified, didn't say Pedroia, he specified. And Pedroia is what 37? I mean, no, no, he- right. But my point is, what did he specify? Go he specified ahead, Andrew McCutcheon, who was a similar a player of a similar build who, when he was with Pittsburgh, was. Arguably an MVP caliber outfielder. still now, wasn't at
1: the level of at best. No, no, he wasn't.
0: He wasn't. But he was a
1: he was at a higher level. He was it's a, a bad take. In this yeah. day and age, if you're now gonna tell me, I looked it up, Phil Rizzuto played over 1,300 games. He was right. five foot six. Right. We're not talking about someone who's five foot six.
0: Right. And but what they're saying, what they're saying is, and and I, I don't agree. I'm them. five foot nine, so F those guys. <laughs> <laughs> What what they're saying is they think the bigger, stronger player can last longer. And we know that that's, that's not true. true. Right. We know that that's not the case because we've seen bigger, stronger players have concussion issues in the NHL, have pulled muscle issues like J.J. Watt. not call Collar
1: Stanton's longevity look. Yeah, exa- exactly. And, and have an example. He's a big, strong guy, Right.
0: Yeah. And the Yankees are paying him $28, $29 million a year.
1: Barry Beck with the Rangers didn't last as long as everybody would thought. And he was a huge, strong guy. Now, was it shoulder or concussion with him? Shoulder. Shoulder. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Complete garbage take. Like to say that, it, it's just like, it's not even based on fact. Like, and just show me show me facts where you have five or six top players that are close to his ability that were that size and weight that didn't last more than six years that were comparable. Yeah.
0: And I'm waiting for the lawyer for the family of Shoeless Joe Jackson to contact the uh, right. ma- major okay, league. So let's talk school. about
1: that for a minute. Yeah. The first thing I was ever taught in life that I can remember was two wrongs don't make a right, and basically not everything is the same, right? That my, my dad always said, just because – you're looking at something one way. It doesn't mean that's the same way for everybody else. Right. And so how does Pete Rose look at this situation and even think it's the same? Like, come on. Man. Yeah, because he's he's saying, well, they got suspended for a year and it was cheating and I got suspended
0: for life and it was cheating. No. Um, the, uh, the Astros and maybe the Red Sox are going to be fined and suspended and penalized for rules that were on the book for two years. How many decades talking- did Pete Rose lie on,
1: lie about it?
0: Right, and then, then my point was, Pete Rose violated rules of the game that had been in place for 80 years. Yeah. That, that the, the the greatest scandal in baseball history. It, almost ruined, it almost ruined the sport. If it wasn't for Babe Ruth, was was uh, was. Do not gamble. Do not consort with gamblers. Avoid them like the plague. And if you are gambling, you are done. So I I, I don't know. And here's the other
1: thing. In this day and age. We know Pete Rose never stopped gambling. Now it's only legal. He was gambling the whole time. He would be on these gambling trains for the Kentucky Derby. He's been selling himself as a gambler the whole time. So why in the world would Major League Baseball want him to get close to the game anyhow I mean, when he has, when he has that reputation? I mean, Pete, you got it pretty good. You sit outside the uh, –
0: yeah. The city limits of Cooperstown, and you sell your sell your uh, autograph to any Tom, Dick, or Harry who uh, wants it. Now it's 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 probably the market is so much soaked with with Pete Rose autographs. I don't know why the hell. they Pete
1: Rose it. or Bob Feller, that it's hard to say who signed more, but he made plenty and money, and he's making plenty of money. This has nothing to do with that. And if you want to tell me there are low character people in the Hall of Fame, I'll agree with you. But this guy had a chance to come clean how many times? And then the last part is, you know, with the Wilpon thing. Oh, yes. So, you know, now it's come out that Rob Manfred said, yeah, it doesn't look like there's going to be a transaction. Okay. so now that we hear that from the commissioner, let's go back and review why does Major League Baseball, let the Mets operate the way they do. They did bring in Sandy Alderson to correct the situation, and he did correct it to some degree. Why did they do that? Because Bud Selig was friends with Fred Wilpon, and Bud Selig still has has influence in the league. And basically Rob Manford is Bud Selig's guy, and Rob Manford is not going to go against something Bud Selig didn't want to go against on a big market team. They're going to oust the Wilpons. They and not. Fred Wilpon is one of his bosses. He's an
0: owner. The, he's the boss of the. He's an owner in the biggest media market in the world. So, so for uh,
1: fans and, and media people that are just like, well, Major League Baseball has to kick him out. It's not going to happen. Yeah,
0: just like just like uh just like uh the NBA commissioner has to kick out James Dolan. It only happens with
1: bad New York owners. The only reason John McCourt got kicked out in LA was because of a of a divorce and all of a sudden they right. didn't know what to do with the team and oh, the assets. Yeah. Frank McCourt, right Frank and, McCourt, and,
0: and, and Donald Sterling only got kicked out because he was a racist pig. Right. So, so anyway, um look, just one quick thing. I wish now, I, I believe the NBA de- trade deadline is 3 p.m. Yes. I don't care about the, the NBA. I'm not a big NBA fan. But I do – they don't have, care about you. And they don't care about me either, yes. I, and I, I'm hurt by that. Um, but, but, th- but this is the thing. I do like these trades that they make. I am envying
1: four-player trades.
0: Four-team, four seven-player trades with conditional picks and everything going all over the place. I love that stuff. I wish that that stuff was happening in, in the NHL. But there's... I don't, and I'll tell you why.
1: Okay. Because there's a, a downside and a seedy side to it, and this is the and this is where it hurts players, especially non-established, non-star players. Right. So as an example, the 76ers yesterday made a trade, right? And they got Glenn Robinson, the third. Like, I didn't even know there was a Glenn Robinson, the second. I only knew the regular Glenn Robinson. But anyhow, that's me. They make this trade. And all of a sudden, two guys who are on the Sixers roster, Trey Burke and another guy. And I've interviewed Trey Burke. He's a good guy. Aren't at shoot around anymore. Well, why not? Well, because they're just going to get rid of them. That's it. They're going to waive them. Yeah, they're going to waive them. That is the problem with that. You don't want NHL players to all of a sudden wake up the day after the trade deadline and there's like 10 players now that no longer have a job and they're just out there in the ether. That's not good. And I think some the NBA has basically done that because they know that the top 2% run the league as far as their, their stars, right? The NHL doesn't operate that way, and I'm glad it doesn't.
0: Yeah, guys in the chat, Uh, yes,
1: third day in a row, no gray, kiss my butt. Mike is now doing everything he can to not wear gray. So you people have now affected the way Mike dresses every day. Good job. You have affected the balance of the universe by by making
0: me not wear gray.
1: Right, because that's what's happened now. Now you are going out of your way to not wear it.
0: (laughs) Hello, hockey world. Today is Thursday, February 6th, 2020. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Lagello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on yeah. HockeyBuzz.com. Okay, um, a game between our two clubs, or the two clubs that we follow last night, would, went predictably <laughs> because the Maple Leafs, uh, due to the injury to Frederick Anderson, were forced to play Michael Hutchinson. And it was in part because of Michael Hutchinson, but also in part uh, due to the flaws in the Toronto Maple Leafs, that they lost five three to the Rangers. Not taking anything away from the Rangers, I thought Igor Shashurkin played really well. We can talk yeah. about the game, but right after the game, literally, I'd say about twenty minutes after the game, it came out that the Leafs had traded Trevor Moore and a couple draft picks for uh, a veteran backup Jack Campbell and veteran forward Kyle Clifford. Now the uh, Trevor Moore. Um, I'll just, you know, he want to call cup with the Marlies. He's had a couple cups of coffee with the Leafs. He's had some injuries this year. I like him as a player. He was somebody they signed out of the university of Denver. He was a developmental guy. He, he worked his butt off to get up to the NHL. And now he goes to the Kings. He's a Southern California native. So that that's a good thing for him. I think he's in the opportunity with them. He's a speedy player. He's a skilled player. I think he could succeed, in LA, um, but the deal was necessary for the Leafs. Right, Jim Campbell, who is on a league minimum deal, actually below league minimum because the minimum is seven hundred thousand. He had a contract that was under seven hundred thousand, so he's making six seventy five, and he signed to a two year extension. Right, uh, so he's under control for two more years, which provides them a goaltender to make available in expansion, which you can't be understated. And
1: I'm not sure that's why they did this.
0: No, no, I'm not I'm not sure that that's not the reason, but I think that that's that is a, I, I'd say a plus. Okay. Um Clifford is a player that the Leafs do not have and needed desperately, which is somebody with a physical edge, somebody with some experience who can play on that fourth line and maybe play um, more minutes than a usual fourth liner can can play. So I think this is a good deal for both teams. What do you think, Russ?
1: Well, I mean, for one thing, Jake Muzzin at least still has the ugliest beard on the team, so it's not not Clifford. We'll, We'll start there. The Jack Campbell thing is interesting because Clifford was right in the way he sold him. Just because Jack Campbell is a backup today doesn't mean he will always be a backup. And it does make you wonder and makes me wonder that if Anderson were to falter at some point during this new, this contract that he's still under, would they start to creep in Campbell for more games? And I think if Campbell proves himself, there is a very good chance of that. And so I think that's something else because not everybody wants a backup for two and a half years. But the Leafs gladly did it. And they did it partly because they're weak at that position. And look, there's no question they were talking before this Right. There's also no question in my mind that Dubas decided to push the button on it and really accelerate it. And I think he added a little more cake to it by making sure it was done after that game because that game proved to him and to the rest of us that Hutchinson can't do it for the long haul for them, even as a backup. And if they lose too many more games like that, they won't make the playoffs. So we have to give them the best chance of making the playoffs. Clifford's Clifford, he's fine. He has now gotten more press in 30 minutes in Toronto than his entire time in L.A. So that's good for him and his career. Mm-hmm. In the end, it's a good trade. The Leafs still gave up a lot because the, on that conditional side, we'll see how that all works out. I mean, what's the condition? Does it go to a well, These
0: are the conditions of the deal. mm mm-hmm. um, now, they, Clifford is a UFA at the end of this year. They, they retained uh, the Kings retained 50 percent of his 1.6 million million salary, so he's made, he's an 800,000 cap hit. Um, as I said, Campbell is a 675 cap hit this year, goes up to 165 the next two years, which is not, you know, that's back that's backup backup salary money, so that's right. reasonable. Uh, Moore's under contract for another year at 775,000. Uh, the conditional pick, Oh, the first they traded the third round pick that they got from Ottawa in the Cody CC Zaitsev deal. Uh, it's a Columbus pick, so more than likely it's going to be in the bottom half of the first round or the second, the uh, third round, excuse me. And the conditional pick, if Clifford re-signs with the Leafs or if Campbell wins six games and the Leafs make the playoffs – the third round pick, the conditional third round pick in 2021 becomes a second. And now then at
1: that point, that's what it turns into. Like they gave up a little bit more than I thought. Right. But if you make the playoffs, that's what the cost is. I mean, that's just the way it is.
0: Right. Do I think that they're going to re-sign Clifford? I think they'd like to, I think there's a relationship there. And the funny thing is, um, I don't think Dubas should be criticized for this, but like a lot of GMs, they like the guys that they know. And, Dubis was Kyle Clifford's agent before he uh, became general manager of the Sioux Greyhounds and he traded for Jack Campbell uh, when he was when he was a GM of the Greyhounds and apparently was an advisor because uh, he was a you know you can't be an agent for a college player, but he was right. an advisor to a friend of Campbell's for a number of years, so he knew him through that. So the relationship with Campbell and Dubis is long. Right. And so and so is the relationship with Clifford. So he got two players that he knows. Clifford is known as a good teammate, and uh, in, in that Kings locker room, he won two Stanley Cups. So he provides us some experience. He provides some toughness. And after last night, after seeing one of the only guys on the Leafs who's a who, and you no, know, Zach Hyman is not a fighter, but he's a he's a guy who will, you know, go in the corners and do the work. He, he knocked. Uh, truba into the boards and truba you know bashed his bugle after after the uh, the go the uh, yeah, that was that, that, I was surprised I, I, I think it was it. I think it was the visor right yeah that it cut into him yeah that it cut into him and then and that always happens but that's uh you know I, I they they needed these ads so from from the from the la point of view I think this is an even deal from the la point of view they got futures they got faster they got younger. The Leafs got the backup goalie they need. They got a winger that they need. Uh, and I also think that the Leafs may not be done because the one thing that um, Elliot Friedman talked about and a few other people have talked about, they did not have to give up Kapanen, Janssen, Perfoot in this deal and now with the news that came out today, and we'll get off the leaf page after we just do these updates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cody CC got hurt late in the third period against the Rangers. They're saying it's an ankle injury. He's going to be out for, quote, a while. And, Russ, when you're February 6th, and the, there's two months left to go in the season, and if he's out, say,
1: four to six weeks, that six weeks could become eight very easily. Oh, sure, and they definitely can't trade them now. I mean, that's obvious. Right,
0: they can't trade them, and, uh, you know, Elliot Friedman re- reported that, you know, they've looked into the possibility of trading Barry or trading Muzzin or trading CC at the deadline if they fall way behind, you know, of trading, you know, re- selling their, their rentals. But now if CC is out and CC is out for a long period of time, they could put them on LTIR. Right and bury him for the rest of the year. He still gets paid, but I think they'll hesitate to do that. Well, then the other the other thing that he mentioned, and this is this could be more likely, is that they don't know the status of Morgan of Morgan Riley's fractured foot. This is the one that I think they'll do. Yes, they uh, Riley makes five million. Uh right now that is on that is on IR, not LTIR. Um, he can, or no, excuse me. He, he is on LTIR, but if he is, if, if when they get the medical update next week, if the, they think the healing is slow and he may not be back by mid March, that's two weeks away from the end of the season. Believe me, they would rather have Morgan Riley back and healthy, but if he isn't going to be hundred percent by mid March, then they put, they're going to keep him on LTIR through the rest of the regular season and go out and trade for a defenseman because they have cap.
1: I do think there's a, a very good chance of that happening. You know, two questions I think that you really should ask Kyle Dubas next time you see him is, A, has he had recent LASIK surgery? Because this is the second time I've seen him now without glasses. And B, if he hasn't, this, this is a call to follow-up, Mike, so I'm just letting you know. The follow-up is, if he hasn't had LASIK surgery, does he only wear glasses for reading? I think we need to know this. Nobody in Toronto has ever figured this out, but but I'm giving this scoop to you now. Right.
0: No, I I I in my interactions with
1: the funny thing is is that uh, he always wears his glasses now. For two, two times in a row, I've seen him not with his glasses. The, so the, does he have a stylist now? Maybe he does. I don't know. I don't know. But the
0: the funny the funny thing is is that before this trade, it was it was indicated that. Kyle Dubas would not be having any kind of press availability until after the deadline, but once he made the trade, then you have to, yeah, you have to. Uh, the other thing is Freddie Anderson. They were very cagey, cagey. They said he wasn't going to play against Anaheim, but after that, they weren't sure, you know,
1: th- I know th- he's skating, but like yeah. skating doesn't mean he's going to play. Right. I think what
0: they're doing again, Neck injuries can be misdiagnosed as concussions. It's happened before. It'll happen again. I don't know if, you know, so right now they're just looking at the situation here. We're going to be careful. Now we have two goaltenders. I don't think they really want to play Michael Hutchinson again, but if they have to, they have back-to-back this weekend, Friday. I think they'll play him one more game. I do. But, you know, do you play him? against Anaheim at home and then – or against Montreal at the Bell Center. No, I
1: play him at Montreal at the Bell Center because I don't need every Leaf fan booing Michael Hutchinson when he gives up that first goal.
0: Yeah, and he's played Montreal twice and he's lost to them twice. I know, but it doesn't matter.
1: It'll be worse with the fan reaction at home. Whereas Jack Campbell, let him have his first game at home and get the good fan reaction – because no matter what, they'll be fair to him for at least twenty minutes in that game. Because Lee fans, yeah. after twenty minutes, if he gives up a couple of bad goals, they'll start booing him too. Don't worry. Now the question is, is whether
0: we're disagree about Mike. You didn't. Although well, they'll, they'll they'll boo him if he okay. gives up a bad goal. I mean, I I Lee fans are intelligent enough that if he gives up a goal and and he, he doesn't have a chance at at it, they're not going to boo him. But if it's a bad goal like the fourth goal last night where he's fumbling, no, but I floor. think
1: Campbell could even get booed. But I think Campbell at least. Nah, th- They'll give them, you know, a little bit benefit of the doubt. A little, yeah. Let's, you know, Buffalo
0: fans did not boo Jonas Johansson when he gave up his first goal because he's it was his first NHL game, first game. That's right, right. exactly. So I, I think, I think Lee fans will be a little more forgiving. Um, now. As forgiving as they were to Corey Cross, for sure. Well, no, sorry, he didn't deserve forgiveness. Neither did, did Aki Berg, neither did Andrew, Anders Nielsen, Yurke. They're all no humans, Mike. And, and, the, and, the, and the bunch of crap on the blue line that the Leafs kept feeding their fans. Mike Comisarek is a nice guy. I didn't say he wasn't a nice guy. He's just not a good defenseman. Um, so Okay, So, so, <laughs> so – Kyle Dubas, for the second year in a row, has started NHL trade season. Um, he, um, let me just answer this question. Thomas says, Is Hutchinson going to be placed on waivers? Once Anderson is healthy, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to carry three goalies. No. Because the cap hit, if you, the cap hit of Hutchinson and Moore, and the cap hit of uh, Clifford and Campbell is exact to the dollar. So it washes.
1: Right.
0: Um no, what I was saying was Kyle Dubas started the NHL trade market for 2 years in a row. He, January 25th was the day that he made the Muzzin deal last year. That was the first big deal. This isn't a blockbuster, but it's 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 a it's a rental deal and it's a, mm-hmm. it's also a hockey deal. And the question now is will this advance the calendar or, or, or clock on other
1: teams wanting to make uh, rental deals. I mean, not, I mean, they killed the goalie market, I think, because they got a goalie they needed. There's not a lot of other teams that need them. Right. They didn't get them for that much. And I think now teams like the Rangers with Georgiev and some other ones yep. may not offer up their goalies now because the return wasn't great. It took another player – and even that return wasn't super fantastic. So I think I think he bottomed out the goalie market. I do.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's just say this: there were only there were very few cost-effective backups. And I don't put Georgiev in that category because he's not a backup. I mean, if they trade him, well, I mean, you have to say he's a backup right well, now, though. He's a backup for the Rangers, but the you know, what I'm saying is he the the Rangers are their valuation of Georgiev is as a future number one. So they're not going to trade him for Trevor Moore and a couple third round picks. Right. So I think that's more of a summer deal when there's more flexibility. But the Ryan Millers, you know, one and a quarter million dollars, or you know Calvin Pickard or whoever, whatever backup out there that's making less than a million dollars, those deal those those that market I think is is done. I think it actually kills even more the expensive backups, like the Corey oh, Crawford's yeah. or Craig Anderson, The only way those guys now get moved is if the teams that they play for eat half the money and there's an injury to a starting goaltender someplace else.
1: Right. I mean, end of the day, I think that when you look at this deal, Clifford was involved and we're still talking Trevor Moore in two thirds, maybe the third turns into a second. So if it's just Jack Campbell on his own, then it's probably the third and the conditional and not Trevor Moore. I mean, that's, you know, so and that's why he did bottom out the goalie market. No question about it. I think I, I, you might see one other goalie move, but I, I don't think anybody else has the glaring need that the Leafs did the same exact way. So unless there's an injury real soon, I think that market's done. As far as everything else, it's not like Clipper was a guy in demand. He, he wasn't. I think, I think the Kings jumped at it because mm. they're looking – hold on. The Kings jumped at it because they're saving money. Yes. They wanted to save money right away, and this saves them money right away now and right away in the future, and I think that's why they jumped at it. And I think they would have jumped at it if it was any franchise. It didn't have to be the Leafs. It yeah. was anybody.
0: I, I, I don't think – I mean, obviously – Clifford Clifford joked uh, in his availability with the with the Leafs media is that you know he wasn't brought in to outscore outpace Austin Matthews. Right, he's a he's he's a worker. He's a third fourth liner. He's a veteran guy. Um, you're not going to get a ton for that, but I had heard Clifford's name being mentioned because the Kings were obviously going to be sellers. I mean, going back to November, so and not in connection with the Leafs, but in connection to playoff teams that were looking for that veteran guy. Would the market have gotten any better than a third round pick? Probably not. That's why they jumped at it.
1: But I, I think- also say the Leafs raised the value of Chris Kreider because that's yeah. not a play last night that Kreider always makes. Yes, but it's one that he can make occasionally. And the fact that, you know, when Justin Hall dropped, you know, tried to cover him, once he had a little bit of a head of steam, he got a little bit of an elbow in the face and couldn't hold position. That's something where that's why Chris Kreider is better than Kevin Hayes. And that's why I said he could have more of an impact because Kevin Hayes is still more of a finesse guy, even with that size where Kreider is way more physical. And that, you know, that's showed that.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll say this right now. Um, Chris Kreider, obviously, I think he's going to get at least a first-round pick and a prospect. But on the Leafs side, you can have Terry Sawchuk in goal, and if you continue to have these brain cramps and vapor locks that they have at certain points during games where they give up two goals in six seconds. You can have the best goalie in the world and you're not going to win. So they've got they've got to curb that or they're not making the playoffs. And that's the I think as much as the goaltending has been a a problem, their team
1: defense has been an issue. And that it continues to always gonna be an issue. And the one thing I told you offline and this will be the last thing I say about this game, this is what I fully believe with that with the Leafs franchise. They got a guy that they think might keep one goal more out of the net yes. than the previous backup, and the Leafs are so much better if they give up three goals than four. I don't have the stat handy, but just from what I've seen this year, it seems like it's a big deal. They won, they won, they won, or not won, but
0: points in ten consecutive games when they're averaging almost five goals per game, and Anderson was playing at his top level. That's you know then when they started scoring less and the goaltender. Uh, the goaltending didn't wasn't as good. That's when they went into their slump. Uh, Michael in the chat wants to know what number Clifford will wear, 73, and
1: Campbell will wear 36. Okay, get off this. Um, I do have breaking news. Go ahead. So Shane Gossespierre is in the lineup tonight. Okay. So he missed 10 games after arthroscopic knee surgery, and now he's in the lineup. Mm-hmm. This does affect the trade market yeah. because if he looks really good, there will be phone calls made to the Flyers to ask about his availability. Right. If he doesn't look very good, then the Flyers really do have to just let him recover, play, and get what they can get out of him, and wait until summer. summer. Yeah, wait yeah. until
0: summer. Um, on other injury re- potential injury returning news, not that he will play, but uh, reports out of St. Louis have Vladimir Tarasenko joining the Blues for their morning skate. Yeah, now- he's getting close. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, remember, this, I believe it was October, late October that he had the shoulder injury, and they said five to six months. So he's at least, let's see, remember December, January. Yeah, I mean, he's two. Right now, he's two months ahead of schedule. He's Also,
1: a physical freak, so it would not shock me if he comes back earlier than that. But
0: this is this is the thing you have to factor in. I, I don't know what their cap situation is. I have to look it up on cap for, on cap friendly. But I mean, I can call Doug Armstrong. Hold on. There you go. go. But Tarasenko on LTIR right now, they can spend that money if he's on LTIR the rest of the regular season. I cannot see them rushing him back. Uh, Yeah, he's $7.5 million, uh, and he's on LTIR. Their cap situation right now is $5.8 million available. That would be eaten up. By Tarasenko being activated now, obviously, if he's 100 healthy and he's the guy that you you know, and he's going to be at the at the level that he that he was before the injury, then there's no question there. But I mean, everybody does think that they they are looking and they're going to be in the market for another forward.
1: So yeah, there's no question. I, I think they will be looking for another forward. I I'm not sure who they'll target or what they'll get, but but there's no doubt. But you know, right now. It's almost a guarantee Peter Angelo is just going to play through this and yeah. he might just be an own rental. Now, if yeah. they came up with a blockbuster deal that threw them back a defenseman and another forward for Peter Langelo, if that's a team that could sign him, is that possible? I think they might entertain it. Yeah. They um, already won the cup. And so they would probably check with Barube and see do you think you could survive if we got this guy, lost him? And now we're better for next year because they did—they did get far, and so it does make you wonder. And he's locked, and he's locked up. I mean, right?
0: You know, we we have seen rental for rental trades before, like uh, San Louis, the San Louis Callahan deal.
1: But that's because he requested, though.
0: Sure. Sure, and I and I can't imagine St. Louis trading Pitarangelo when they have a sec- when they have a chance to win a second
1: Stanley Cup. I mean, weirder things have happened. Yeah, I mean, I, Armstrong I is a dealing guy, and yeah. so it does make me wonder if it improves their situation down the road, and they feel like it doesn't kill their chances this year. Yeah, I think there might be a possibility. It's a, it's a you know remote, but but I think it's there. Um, Okay,
0: the other game last night was Boston-Chicago. It ended up 2-1 Bruins. Was it overtime or
1: shootout? Overtime. Overtime. But it may not have been an overtime game. So there was a call late in the game with Ole Mata Mm -hmm. where he dove and he pushed the puck with the hand and allegedly touched it with his stick, but I never saw it. Keith Jones said he watched it multiple times. He never saw it. And so they called it a hand pass. So Jonathan Taves did not get a goal. I think it was Taves that went in there and got a goal after that play. Because of that play, they said, no, the goal is nullified. And then they lost in overtime because Boston's always going to beat a Chicago in overtime because they have proven guys. Right. I don't think Chicago should feel cheated here. I know Jeremy Colleton, you know, got some sort of explanation from the league, whatever. End of the day, a team like Chicago has four or five guys that you could – really look at and say we'll elevate their play and come through in the end and you know win those kinds of games boston's got a complete lineup of them and so that's the difference between like a chicago and a boston right now
0: yeah uh, just because i only watched a few minutes of this game but uh, in the few minutes that I did watch, Leonard was standing on his head, exactly. and and I, ha- I have to say this: I mean, Stan Bowman would be insane if he decided to extend Corey Crawford and not extend Leonard. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I I would think that it's almost a no doubter. I mean, with a, with a bad defense, Leonard's save percentage is over nine twenty. He's
1: Leonard's the number one now. Yeah, if Leonard somehow gets the Blackhawks in the playoffs, Islander fans are going to be pissed. Right, I never have a right to be because again, Varlamov's been okay, not bad, mm -hmm. good, but Leonard's been way better than that, and it does make you wonder if he were on the Islanders with their lack of scoring, would they have a better chance? Right, I'm thinking they would.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm still waiting to see whether Lou will. Make that move before the deadline and and add scoring. I just don't think he will unless he can get it for almost nothing. So I, 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 and that just seems to be. I don't know whether it's budgetary constraints or his, you know, conservative nature, but. I, I don't know, I, 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 and I don't think the Islanders are somebody who are going to go deep in the playoffs if they don't add the scoring that they're missing. Uh, Bob Dracula in the in the chat asks any chance of Ryan Strom or Anthony D'Angelo being moved? D'Angelo would be a good trade chip with the young guys coming up.
1: Well, I kind of wonder who this guy's mummy is or if his uncle is like Bill Werewolf. Oh, but, I mean, <laughs> but as far as the deal – did you not watch that game? That play D'Angelo made to set up Philip Kito cannot be made by every defenseman in this league. Yeah. They are not trading this guy. Yeah. Why in the world would they trade him? Oh.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, see, honestly, it's like okay. Unless Gordon is an idiot, which he's not, they're going to buy out stall and use the money to pay.
1: Right. And they're likely to trade Brady Shea in the summer.
0: Right. Which would clear. Now, if they, you know, if they, I don't know if they can buy out both Stahl and Brendan Smith. No, I mean, they can't. Brendan Smith will just kind of still be hanging around. Maybe, you know what they might do? Maybe they trade Brendan Smith back to Detroit and have to give Detroit a draft pick to take him off their hands. Do you
1: think there's any chance in the world Steve Eiserman takes Brendan Smith back? I'm saying he would get paid for it, right? Doesn't matter. I, if you know Steve Eiserman, there is
0: a 0% chance. Leas, Leas Anderson to take Brendan Smith off our hands.
1: Mike, you remember all the turnovers. There. I know, I know. He's not doing that. But going back to to Ryan Strome, I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they will legitimately try and sign him, especially if they're losing Kreider. Yeah. They are short centers. We don't know if Howden can continually play center in the NHL. Yeah. If Hedo's going to turn into a center – Like there's still some issues at the center position. So Strom, is he living off of um, Panarin right now? Absolutely, point-wise. But again, I think they're going to have to come to some sort of agreement with him on maybe like a three-year deal to get him through this to kind of see where they're at with the center position by year one or two of that deal. So so I think they're going to keep him. Jesper Fast will get traded, and I think he'll get maybe a second-round pick. And so I think that's likely I think they'll listen to offers for Shea, but I just don't think that'll happen in season because of the money. I
0: I, I don't be- I don't believe that the that the Ryan Spooner the, the, they bought out Spooner, they they re- retain salary on him because right now they have Gir- I retain salary, they didn't buy him out. Yeah, they have Girardi and Shattenkirk, so I believe they have right. they, they can buy out one more player. Right, think- and that'll be Mark Stahl.
1: Yeah. Because that's the most money. It's more money than Smith. It makes sense. Yeah. And sign D'Angelo and probably Strom with just a little extra with stall. I mean, it'll be it'll be more than a little, but it'll be a couple million extra.
0: And Brady Shea will be very attractive on the
1: market because he's right. he's at five point two and locked up for four more years. Right. And he's fast and physical. His 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 decision making hasn't been great in the last two years, but neither has the Rangers defensive coaching either. So that's that's a whole other issue for a whole other day.
0: Yes, Lindy, um, Funky is right though in the chat. Funky's Shattenkirk- he's always right, Mike. He's your favorite. There you go. F- uh, Shattenkirk's uh, uh, cap hit on the uh, on the buyout jumps from like one point four to si- over six million next year. So,
1: which is ridiculous, and I still don't understand why in the world they did that. Yeah, but he is right, and and that's something that I just I will never understand.
0: Now, uh, on other injury news, uh, uh, the sharks announced that Thomas hurdle had successful surgery, uh, on Monday, this is, now. this is strange. It was an ACL MCL tear and they're saying he should is expected to be ready for training camp in September. I would say that's seven months. I would say that's not
1: going to be. No, I think in this day and age, that's possible.
0: Yeah. that's, 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 that's a little surprising. Um, now. The uh, on in uh, continuing on the injury news, I mean, I
1: remember, if they say a guy's ready for camp and then it lapses for a couple more weeks, right? That happens too. Uh,
0: continuing on the injury news, Shea Weber was placed on injured
1: reserve this morning. Yeah. Um, I guess it was a lower body injury. Now, um, fly the Montreal Canadiens flag at half mast.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's like you've got now, and I'm looking at the standings here right now, you've got um. Columbus is in 3rd place in the Metro with 67 points. Florida's in 3rd place in the Atlantic with 64 points. The the two wild cards are at 66 and 65. You've got Carolina and Toronto at 63. Then there's a 6-point gap between Toronto and Montreal and then the Rangers and Buffalo after that. I think that 6 ga- a 6-point gap is insurmountable. Yeah,
1: I think it is too.
0: When you consider it's eight points behind the wild card and uh, let's see, yeah, eight points behind the wild card, seven points behind Florida. I don't see Montreal getting back, and if Weber is going to be out for a week and then probably not up to speed when he gets back, that's a death blow to the Canadians.
1: Yeah, I think Patrick Waugh can toast his um, Stanley Cup ring with the Canadians for another year. I think it's safe.
0: Does it? Does he? Does he do the same thing as the uh, as the unbeaten Dolphins? And uh, I don't know for sure, but he might. And pop open a bottle of champagne and dance on Mario Tremblay's uh, plot, where you know he's not
1: dead yet. But he. Probably- I can't say that for sure, Mike. I, I don't have firsthand knowledge of it. You never know. Jeez, uh, but I mean, this is you know, this is what we're
0: going to be uh, you know tracking the next. 18 days before the deadline on monday the 24th is where these teams are and you know how far they're out of the race and does that mean that they're going to sell um one of the things that was curious and not going back on the toronto page but just to say this is that uh amongst the things that um uh, Elliott Friedman referred to in regards to the, the Leafs was the fact that they've explored the possibility of trading their rentals, of trading Muzzin or Berry. Now, that's mo- most likely not going to happen because they just made a move to add. But if they continue to fall behind, then they have, to, they have to at least prepare themselves for the eventuality that they would have to do that because they've traded a lot of draft picks over the last you know, a couple years, and they'll probably need to recoup them if, you know, these are guys who are going to prob- probably walk away and they have to get some of those picks back. But in the East, you're in full sell mode if you're Montreal, if you're the Rangers, and if you're Buffalo. And one good thing from yesterday for the Rangers, Chris Kreider provided proof that he's healthy.
1: Oh, yeah. There's no question about that. that that's definitely true. I mean, that's I, – I do have an exclusive – for viewers of this show Uh, over the next few days, starting um, Saturday, I'll be in the Boston area and I'm going to give Boston pizza, not Boston pizza, the fake franchise in Toronto, but the city of Boston, one more chance to prove it to me that pizza is good. And, and so, and I'm not going by the word of JD Burke because he's Canadian and he doesn't really necessarily know good pizza, but he's going to (laughs) come along, but I do want to let people know they could, they could go on my Twitter at Sportsology. And if you have a place that is inside of the city, don't give me a place in Cambridge or Winthrop or Chelsea or, you know, Saugerties or, if it's inside the city, give it to me and I will probably try one or two of them and report on them. And then this is the last chance because I'm writing an article. I've interviewed two prospects recently that love Boston pizza, and I'm going to put those quotes out there. And so it's making me rethink my position on that, just to let you know.
0: Yeah, I've never had Boston pizza. I, You know, it's funny because like I'm not particularly impressed with Toronto pizza, but I have to say that I have not tried like the local places. I've tried – like it's like saying I, I don't like the Buffalo pizza because I had Pizza Hut and it's lousy. It's like I've tried Pizza Pizza and some of the other – Big chains, and I didn't think it was. But I've heard they have great pizza. Some of the local places. I'd have to, you know, get some people in Toronto to give me some recommendations. Uh, yeah,
1: but I don't want to hear. Well, you just go twenty five minutes outside of. All-. No, no. I'm no, gonna- downtown. There's, you know, there's town or someplace close on one yeah. side of the town or other. That's what I'm looking for.
0: I go around the block from Yankee Stadium, and I get a I get a New York slice that's about the size of my twice the size of my head. And it's delicious, so it's like you know. Um, okay, other 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 injury news came out today from uh, Brad Treliving, the uh, Calgary GM, that uh, Mark Giordano is going to be out indefinitely. It's a lower body. He was optimistic in terms of it wasn't a season-ending injury. It wasn't something that would be you know. It, obviously, it sounds like it's going to be long long-term or longer-term that they would than they would like, but not something where he can't come back from it. They they, they were very cagey, but I think. No, I
1: mean this yeah. is bad for their playoff hopes,
0: right? But and the, and again, this is one of those things where if he broke his leg and he was out for the year, then they could spend the money that oh, he. Why do you revert? No, to- no, but I, it just 100%. no. It's, Russ, I'm saying it, it's 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 the. It's the realities of the of the salary cap. Teams want to replace players if they're hurt. Uh, well, you
1: know, the guy, if he just had his eyeball come out of his eye socket. He's a stop. stop.
0: You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I wish he broke his leg, and I'm not saying Calgary Flan. You Flan- just said it. I said if. I F, I-F. If. If. If he had broken his leg and he'd be out the rest of the year and on LTIR, then they could go out and trade for a defenseman with the salary that would have been opened up by him being out for the year. But because he will come back, or because they don't know whether he will come back or not, he they are in limbo. So that's that's
1: the scenario there. They and that- said they'll play without him, and they've done it before, and they could do it again. I, I you know, TJ, I get it, but you need him right now. You really do.
0: Yeah, no, and and now the one thing with Calgary is that they did open up $4 million in cap space uh, when they traded for a leak to the Sabres. So right. they have some room, and they might go out and, you know, acquire a stopgap, you know, or a rental. You know, maybe they would be in on Brendan Dillon. Maybe they would be in on um, – Dylan de Mello from Ottawa if they want to go Perfect. yeah yeah so I mean and you know if That's they place in geo I mean there's just no way around you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have the the Noah Hannafins and the Brodies and the hammonicks step up and you can right. you can forget about about Brody or hammonick being traded not happening it's not happening um okay some questions in the chat here and we're getting a lot of pizza
1: recommendations um <laughs> At Sportsology, if you recommend it in the chat room, it's not enough. I'm going to ignore it because I don't even have the chat room up. I, I can't anymore. So at Sportsology, and then I will gladly take it into advisement. I will talk to JD, and we will let people know where we're going.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we were in Chicago, we were recommended to go to Giordano's, and that was phenomenal deep dish pizza that wasn't even
1: the one downtown i had been to the one downtown this was an offshoot one right remember yeah it's
0: still fantastic it's still fantastic and there was another place that i know that ever it was like all the reporters were told to go to two places one uh, one group went to giordano's the other one went to a place called i think
1: it was pequod's and there's another, them, um, there's another one though um too. Dr. Yeah. Aldo always trumpets it and he lives out there and i've eaten that one uh can't remember the name right this minute, but it's really good too. Yeah. All right. Some
0: questions in the chat and then we will. Uh, what is ghosts? Uh, Richard asks, what is ghost gossip spears value? If he proves the knee is healthy, let's say
1: Calgary as an example. Uh, I would say. Sam yeah. I think Sam Bennett is definitely a possibility. Now what's Sam Bennett's contract like? Um, under 3 million. Yeah. Start. So Sam Bennett is a, is a very good one because again, not knowing what Nolan Patrick will do, Sam Bennett is a good plug for that and, and a pick. I think it would be like Sam Bennett and like a second or a third round pick, maybe a conditional of some sort.
0: Yeah, 2.55 million mm-hmm. uh for Bennett and he signed through enough for
1: another year. So right. So that's that's something where yes, that would be. That would be palatable for the Flyers,
0: and I know that I know that uh, Brian Burke on the on the Sportsnet broadcast last night because they were talking about Bennett's availability. He was like, "I don't understand why the Flames would trade him."
1: Well, I mean, because could- I think the Flames like have sort of like run the gamut with Sam Bennett, and it's probably better if he goes somewhere else. Right?
0: Uh, jerk jerkball, to yo. I would love for the Leafs to move Barry by the deadline. Well, not happening now. Not not happening. Well, okay not happening if they're in the race, if they fall out of the race, which right. I, which that I, believe,
1: last minute, last minute thing.
0: If they, if they lose five in a row and by the week before the deadline, they're 10 points. Yeah. They get passed by Montreal. They get passed by the Rangers. If it's just yeah. a complete and utter disaster, then, then you're going to see Barry move because Barry, I mean, remember his salary is 2.75 million Colorado retained 50% for a team up against the cap, a guy who's a power play quarterback with you know his skills at that low price, they could reap a really big reward, but they want to make the playoffs. So I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Peter Frenna in the chat asks, what is Kreider's value? Are the Avs serious contenders? I saw, okay, Peter, I saw Colorado against Buffalo and I know Buffalo right now, with the exception of Eichel and Reinhardt is pretty much an AHL team, the way they're playing. But, yeah. uh, There is such depth there, uh, on the blue line and at forward. I mean, you know, you got the McKinnon line. You got, uh, you know, uh, Rantanen was really good. Kadri was good. uh, Burakovsky. I mean, they. I don't know if they need. I don't right. I don't know if they need Kreider, but they have so much. Cap room that they why not? Why not? Uh, put the cherry on top of the Sunday. and go- I mean, They're
1: not going to trade Connor Timmons for for Kreider, they're not just no. won't be able to get that, right? But could so they be- get Andy Comfer? I don't know because he's a center for them. But if they got somebody comparable to that value, the Rangers would probably listen and they would probably listen. But you're not getting anybody like Zadorov, you're not getting anybody. You know, so it's 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 gonna limit them a little bit as to who you might get. You know, you're not getting Tyson Jost. So but I still think they have guys to trade. I do.
0: Yeah, I mean I I, I don't think that I like I don't think they want to I think they would trade a new hook. I think they'd trade somebody like
1: that. No, a new hook's starting to get hot in college. I don't think you yeah. would trade them for a rental.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean you ideally you want somebody with with years on his
1: deal. Um, Hold on. I'm looking right now um, just because, you know, it's hard to always have a catalog of prospects in the head, but I know them. Uh, As an example, if they wanted to put in a draft pick and Drew Hellison from last year's draft, a good defenseman played with the NTDP, that may be something they'd listen to the Rangers. Uh, If they wanted to put in, you know, here's a good one. Could they, at this point, get Martin Couch? I was just
0: going to say that.
1: Maybe. So maybe, like, someone like that, then it would probably, you know, go Martin Couch and, like, a fourth or something.
0: Okay. Esmer asks, would the Devils trade any of their players within the division
1: at the deadline? Yes. Yes. They're going to that's... trade Andy Green. They're going to trade uh... – I don't know if they're trading Simmons. If you ask me, with gun to the head, I'm going to say no. I don't think they're going to trade Palmieri. I just have a feeling it's not going to happen. Yeah, I don't think they're going to trade anybody with term, but the thing is, you know, they could tra- – okay, Simmons is a
0: UFA. I would play for the Sioux, maybe the Leafs would take him. There you go. Uh, I'm kidding. Simmons, Simmons wants to stay, he says. He wants to right. be part of the – okay. He didn't – and apparently did not like being traded from Philadelphia to Nashville last year. It was not a good experience for him. But the problem is, is that – if he wants to come back, then why not trade him and then sign him in the summer? Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's either, either going to have to sign an extension, and believe me, he's not going to get five million dollars coming off the year that he's having right now. It would probably have to be significantly less. If he agrees to an extension before the deadline, then okay, you keep him. But if if he doesn't, and he's just paying lip service of I want st- to I want to stay in New Jersey, then you trade him and say, okay, we'll talk to you on July one. Yeah, yeah. Um, your favorite Funky Cold Zadina asks which playoff team could use Luke Glenn, Denning the most? The Oilers? No, the Oilers need somebody. Iska
1: in the uh, KHL. <laughs> now Luke Glen Denning's a great guy. I think a guy like Luke Glenn Denning might go to somebody like if the Blackhawks are in it. I think they would take a guy like Glenn Denning. Uh He doesn't make a ton of money, and they would retain half. I think uh, the Flyers might listen to a guy like Glen as a rental. Again, if they retained half, I think a. um trying to think who else. I think a team like Winnipeg might listen to a guy like Glenn Denning to sort of give him that little extra grit and experience. Sure. So I think teams like that, I, I think Glen but he's not going to bring in a ton.
0: Yeah.
1: No, probably
0: third, fourth-round pick. Third, fourth-rounder. Yeah, he's going to get the, about, about the same – he's not the same player as Clifford. He'll get
1: the same kind of return. But I do feel good for Luke Glendenning because and, he was clearly tortured when I interviewed him this year early in the season with the Red Wings, and they asked him – I think they had just lost like 10 in a row or something like that. And the look on his face and the answer just told me he is in pain and it will be nice to see him out of pain. And he's got another year at a million eight. So. We another year. So he yeah. could be attractive. That could That could be a third-round pick for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, last question from CJ Scoots. Any chance Carolina looks for an upgrade in net or are they going to bet on Morazic?
1: I mean, I think they're, I think they're betting on Morazic and only because Reimer showed them glimpses of things he couldn't do the last couple of years for some other team. I can't remember who that was. Um, that I have no idea that, that I think they're going to go status quo. I know it's popular to say, They should get one in case Morozik goes bad, but I think they have a belief in Reimer now. So I think Carolina will make moves, but I don't think it'll be in net. Yeah, I think with the loss of Dougie Hamilton, they're probably going to go after
0: a defenseman to, you know. They could bring up Jake Bean, but maybe they don't want to. But Yeah, from what I I heard, they don't think he's ready yet. Okay. I know Hayden Fleury's playing a lot. Yes, but – I, I would think it'd be easier to get a to get a uh, an improvement in net than to get a defenseman that has years on his contract. But we'll that's see. We have, we have lots to talk about. We'll be back. I mean, you
1: get this. Justin Williams. That's an addition. That is that uh,
0: that is true. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with another edition of the Hockey Buzzcast. I'm going to wear gray tomorrow, uh, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Gray agello Thank you for watching, and remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey